It is the far future. Humanity spreads across the galaxy. Led by a council of corporate interests, the Imperial Corps reaps the benefits of plunder and exploitation on an unimaginable scale, teeming trillions of humans kept docile by mass media and the never-ending war against every other sentient species humanity has encountered. The Amarat system is not in the Imperial Corps. It is one of the countless fringe worlds that the corporations see as inconsequential backwaters to either neglect or hide away their worst practices. Amarat itself is a young star, surrounded not by an orderly arrangement of planets, but a vast accretion disk of plasma, gases, and interstellar debris ranging from dusts to protoplanetoids. Within this roiling mess, a handful of space stations have been built to support the miners, scientists, and misfits who struggle to make a living here. This story begins on Survey Station Delta, a temporary outpost constructed on an unstable little rock ball deep within the accretion disk. If this rock ball gets big and strong enough to survive the next 10 million years or so, it may gain a respectable name like Amarat 1, but for now it is so small and fleeting that it only has an awkward chain of numbers and letters to set it apart from dozens of other rock balls. Survey Station Delta is a minor miracle of technology and sorcery, generating its own atmosphere and gravity within a transparent yet nigh-collision-proof dome, staffed by prospectors and astrogeologists alike with the most advanced surveying equipment in the fringe, in what all amounts to a slightly high-tech version of a trailer park. <laughs> this story is going to focus on uh, three specific people who are currently working in Survey Station Delta, more in the misfit category than either scientist or miner. Um, but before we introduce them, uh, let's introduce ourselves. Uh, hey, everyone, this is Big Gay Nerds, uh, an LGBTQ RPG podcast. Um, it's about a bunch of friends, uh, queer friends specifically, uh, playing different tabletop RPGs. My name is Owen. I'm the founder and editor of the show. My pronouns are he and him. Uh, joining me today, uh, we have my spouse, Ellie. Hello, I'm Ellie, frequent contributor to the show. My pronouns are she, they. Jonix. Hello, I'm Jonix. My pronouns are they, them. And Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah. Um, my pronouns are she, her. All right, then. Um, and before we... Uh, and soon you're going to meet their characters, but first off, I should say what game this actually is, so that it's not something that we reveal at, like, the end of the episode. <laughs> um this is Strike Force Omega by uh, Chris Longhurst, who has uh, written uh, several other games that we've played and thoroughly enjoyed on this show, and we're very exciting. We're very excited uh, to do this one. Um, we could explain like what it is and what it's about, but I've kind of set up this cool cold open, so hopefully by the end of this episode, you will know the answer to that. I'm sorry if this is not the promotion you paid for, Chris. Also, this is a paid promotion. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, as we are introduced to your characters, um, one of them is going to be doing maintenance on the, uh, Arcanotech shield that surrounds the base. Uh, one of them is going to be, uh, coming back from a little surveillance mission where they were, uh, just like being, just like, uh, being a driver for some uh, other workers nearby and well not by nearby i mean in, within the station um 
and one of you is going to be uh, just doing some errands for stuff that's needed back in your little uh, spaceship house. So, um, who's going to be doing what? Uh, I think Quinn's the one who's been driving. Okay. Then I think I think that sounds like a reasonable place to open, then. Okay. Um, so, we... So, the... As established before, the base is, you know, surrounded by this big dome. It's like, it, it, it's it's pretty impressive because it's not like it, the dome itself is sort of like a, a building. It's just like they, it's more like a big sort of like force field that is generated by a number of like generators that are set up in a perimeter around the place. The whole thing, the mental image I have is that it's kind of similar in size to like, sort of a football field except there's people like you know and like relatively uh like temporary like construct like buildings and other things set up inside it so it's sort of like when a football field gets turned into like a disaster relief area Mm -hmm. you know sure um and so you you've got this like little i think that Thinking about, like, the sheer size of this thing, I feel like a moon buggy would actually be bad because you just kind of, like, bounce into space. (laughs) So I'm kind of picturing a thing that's similar to, like, a moon buggy in general construction. Um, And, uh, but instead of having, like, the big old tires, it's got, like, two sets of little, like, crab legs where each tire would be. (laughs) So, um... It, uh, so we sort of see from above it just sort of like towards, uh, the station and it passes through like a permeable part of the force field and sort of comes up to like a little like refueling station or whatever where it departed from and it just sort of like lowers down and it opens and, um, it, and Like, whatever sort of audio there had been before was just sort of, like, you know, incidental, like, just, you know, just station stuff. Like, if there's maintenance people nearby, there's some chatter or whatever, but it's mostly just, like, the sound of the various machinery and stuff that's keeping all of this running. But as soon as it opens, there's this, uh, uh, (laughs) there's this terrible argument that is suddenly erupting, like, partway through um into the air and uh two older women climb out of it um one of them is um Essen Marte uh she's the chief planetary development scientist uh here on uh survey station delta she is a tall black woman with a shaved head and um she's got i feel like this is a sort of i feel like this is a setting where due to like how much magic is actually present in it. Scientists are going to look at least a little bit like wizards. So I think she's got like this, um, uh, this outfit that is like suitable for like, you know, field surveillance has sort of like a, like sort of those, like when you see like lab coats that are also partially hazmat suits, you know, but it's also got like kind of a big, got like sort of got like a big hood behind it, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, big sort of like cowl deal and um the person and she's sort of and that sort of like makes her look even sort of like taller than she is and the person she's uh 
talking to is more of a uh, shorter, more sort of barrel-chested woman who uh, notably has, like, two robot arms. Um, and I think they're, like... I think... I think, like, one of them is better than the other one. Like, one of them just kind of has, like, the clamp claw sort of deal on the end, and it's just kind of like a big old cylinder, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But then the other one has got that sort of thing where there's actual, like, sort of metallic musculature and stuff going on on it. Um, uh, This is uh, Patra Patra Pizal. Um, She's the miners' union supervisor. Um... And these two are currently, like, going at it about something that, about the observations that were made out during the, uh, during the little uh, expedition they just did, um, where uh, I think that the argument is that um, based on the sort of, like, instability they've seen in the planetoid, um, Pizal is saying, okay, so my miners are going to have to use this particular type of, like, like, gravimetric pulse technique or whatever in order to extract minerals. And, um, and, uh, Marte is saying, you cannot do that because what we have seen is demonstrated that that will ig- Incredibly disrupt the natural process that is that we are seeing unfolding here and so it'll throw off the whole thing our readings will be completely compromised um and while this is all going on the, the pilot of this thing is climbing out so let's get a look at quinn yeah i think quinn is climbing out of this thing with an expression on their face just like get me out of here like staggering <laughs> out of a war zone just like please god <laughs> yeah. save me from this um, yeah, <laughs> Quinn is like uh, extremely short. Like they're like five five on Excellent. a good day. Um, I I feel like you saying extremely short and then saying like a specific height is going to like get some responses. From- but listen, it's the future, so the average human height has to be like way taller. So I feel like Quinn is exceptionally short because of that. So just. Uh-huh. If you're shorter than 5'5 five five and you don't think you're short, I got bad news for you. But Quinn is short um, and has, like, gray hair, like, like very gray hair from from stress um, and is, like, how to explain? They, they have, like, a very kind of extremely fit build. Um, and I think the big things that stand out are that they also have... Um, much fancier looking robot limbs than the miners union mm. rep. Uh, they're, they're the, the like solid black kind of carbon fiber looking robot limbs. Um, oh, an easy reference point is Jensen from Deus Ex. Oh yeah. 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 So that cool. kind of, that kind of look. Um, and they have like kind of a normal human looking face. Um, not to keep using reference points, but you know, right in, in revengeance oh, yeah. with the jaw like the cool oh i was i was wondering exactly that if you had the if you had the right in jaw mm-hmm. yeah the right in jaw is, is absolutely what i'm thinking of where it's like obviously yeah. a robotic jaw um but you know they have a kind of 
like gray hair that's in a really scrungly ponytail like they used to have really really short hair and they're obviously trying to like grow it out but it's in that really kind of awkward <laughs> stage of like yeah. growing your hair out um, yeah i've been there so it's in like recently. super sprouty ponytail um and then just like normal just work clothes i assume because they were just everybody was just kind of outside the dome there's like a suit like you know like a normal outdoor yeah. kind of suit on top um and so that's what they're wearing right now um gotcha. and yeah they do um, not look pleased <laughs> to have been st- probably stuck in that thing <laughs> with those two for the last like 30 45 minutes almost certainly yeah so you haven't been here quite as long as the others mm-hmm. uh from what i stand it you you um uh the this is something we'll probably build on a little bit later, but you have, uh, you came in like a, a, a couple of weeks ago, maybe. Yeah, I think um, they've been here for like three, maybe four weeks. Okay. Um, and so, like, you don't have the whole story, but like, as you understand it, like, the thing about those two is that, like, they're butting heads. It's kind of both of their jobs to, like, butt heads, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but there's also uh, not helping the fact they were married for five years. Oh, you don't God. have the details, but it's not helping the situation at all. <laughs> like stuck in a car with those two, even worse. Oh no! Yeah, exactly. Exes. Yeah, you got. <laughs> yeah, a lot of you car based discomfort in this show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's a specialty, I guess. I don't know. I'm I'm learning my niche as an author. That's so true. Um, <laughs> Just a good drama in closed spaces. Yeah. So um, I guess while this debate is going on, um, like debate, um, do you like, do you pitch in or whatever? Or like, even if you don't do that, do you have like opinions one way or the other? Or are you just kind of like, okay, so are you just like. (laughs) Quinn is like trying to slink away and like hoping they don't get roped into this, right? Yeah, I think that uh, what happens is that, uh, is that, like, I I think, like, Patra notices and says, like, oh, listen, you've been too busy, like, jawing about the numbers that you're just letting, um, leaving our driver to go without compensation. And so she, like, like, reaches in and, like, pulls out. I think, like, you've probably using some kind of, like, not it's not like a it's not like a how how to put this it's not like a company script situation Mm -hmm. because what's going on here is like it's not all the same company working all in place um but you've probably got some kind of like internal like it's probably some kind of like chit thing like in order to get like whatever sort of like well (sighs) there have been instances of just like local currency is like yeah that's Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Just like something within this within this system, there you there's some kind of internal currency that's developed, and I'm not quite sure what it is. I like the idea of like chits. I like the idea that she's paying him something that looks like a handful of receipts or something, <laughs> but I don't know what it actually is. Mm. It could also be metal because that would be cool. It could, it could be, be like some little. Kind of, um... Maybe maybe it's like little data recording things that it's like mm-hmm. it has like specific amounts of credit on it, mm. and it's like oh yeah you just plug this into your terminal <laughs> and and then it it uploads the thing and then you you know it's just kind of a useless it's like a bag clip it, after that it's like right <laughs> it could 
It could also be like some kind of mineral or whatever that's like specific to this system, oh. you know? Oh, that's yeah, that's like not funny. quite yeah. not quite rare enough that people would want to like necessarily use it for something else, but like still obviously valuable mm-hmm. to people within the system. Sure. So like I like like she literally just hands you like a handful of like weird little rocks. Like weird sparkly <laughs> rocks and she's like, Alright, that's fine. Yeah, it's like it's like if you ever go for a walk and you wind up picking up some cool rocks on the way there, you're like, maybe this is something. Maybe it's like that. Yeah, it's a child's dream. One day all these cool rocks will be valuable and we found them. Exactly. <laughs> we found the place where a cool rock is valuable. Um, exactly. So yeah. So how do you accept the payment? Um, yeah. Quinn, I mean, just takes the handful and just kinda like counts through it. To make sure that it would kind of internally add up to being enough is like literally doing math on their fingers. Like, okay. Uh, and then just nods a little. Like, Quinn is kind of quiet and doesn't like, just kind of nods a little suspiciously at these two. Because again, they are new. Um, right. And like pockets it. Probably had keeps like, there is probably like a little bag for like this weird currency system that's a, that's been formed yeah. um and so they just you know pocket it give a little salute and they're just like well have fun working it out you two <laughs> and then kind of the- tries to back off yeah i think that um I think that like Essen, because she is she's been put in the situation where now like she was the rude one, mm-hmm. like actually gives you like a little bow and is like, yes, very very good work. I'm sure that I, I will be requesting your help again, and I'll and then like and and, and then like uh, her ex like me goes, oh here you go, and they immediately uh, like the <laughs> the like professional basis of the argument is like is like rapidly losing its <laughs> stability. Yeah, so, it's quickly going from just like a professional argument to being like you always do this, blah blah blah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think now is the perfect time for you to bail. Yeah, Quinn is going to quickly bail. Uh, shed the spacesuit because I think it's a loner spacesuit. Shed the spacesuit. Right, yeah. Um, and just try to get back to the ship before they get roped into doing anything else for these two for the day. Gotcha. With that established, who is currently uh, doing errands? Um, that will be my character. I didn't have a name last time, uh, but I do now uh, for the weird sort of zombie man. Uh, I went with the name Theo, which in a 90s okay. anime fashion is short for Theovore D. Bathory. Yes. Oh, hell yeah. Yes. <laughs> the D stands for Dorado. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay. I actually, what does this guy look like? And- uh, he is, uh, he looks like he's either an extra in a zombie movie or like the front man of a 90s metal band. Uh, oh, fuck yes. He's got long black hair, kind of greasy. Uh, he looks emaciated. I, I doodled up a, a little picture of him I can share. Um, he's got uh, he's got tattoos on his uh, chest and shoulders. He's got a caduceus over his heart, and he has like sun on one shoulder and like uh, the three moons on the other. You know, like the three uh, phases. Uh, he also he also has a large scar across his upper arms and uh, chest. It looks like he was uh, cut in half and then stapled back together at some point. Uh. 
Oh shit! Okay, <laughs> is this is this like is this all visible? Just like um, while you're going about you? Yeah, you know, I drew him without a shirt. I feel like it's just sort of his vibes. Like, uh... <laughs> no, I love that. Like, That's perfect. This is like who needs a shirt in space, right? I mean, like... <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, he, I... he's the one working, like working and doing errands and oh. just kind of working around the house. So you know, he doesn't need clothes on. <laughs> yes, I love oh, this guy. Man, this... This guy fucks. <laughs> well, that's spoilers, but yes. Uh... <laughs> oh man, this guy looks like this. This guy looks like he writes either the best or the worst comic book you have ever read. <laughs> Both. Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I've been reading a bunch of Honan Vasquez stuff uh, lately, so like, there's probably some of that. Perfect. Um, so yeah, he's uh, getting groceries. Hell yeah! So. Yeah, so I think, I think in this situation, I think um, the, I think there's like a little depot where food is, and I think it's sort of a mix of like people have got like little hydroponics and stuff that they have set up where they like sell things themselves. But there's also like some, there's some weird stuff. I like the idea of like, um, this is just like. Uh, uh, of like um you you have like these just like little jars of like weird alien yeast cultures oh, yeah. that like are really easy to just like grow if if you just like feed it some like like really simple like proteins or whatever um you can just wind up with just a jar of like depending on how long you leave it something that could be like passably like resembling a bread or a cheese or a yogurt depending like what kind and like how much you shake it and what temperature you leave it at <laughs> um so it's there's not a ton of like um there, there's not a ton of like real deal food at least the way we would consider it but like and i guess uh what what's his priorities as he's uh looking through stuff is he like just kind of uh Sorry, uh, I don't know. Like, are you, um, is there anything in particular on the lookout for? Are you, like, haggling with someone? How's, like, what kind of shopper are you in this situation? So, so I imagine at the start, he's, like, looking over the food. I imagine he's asked the other two what they want. He doesn't eat very much ever since the transformation. So he sort of, like, forgot what a lot of stuff tastes like. And most of this is just sort of slop anyway. So, um, I guess he's got, I can imagine he like pulls out like, like a list and there's only like two or three things on it, but he's like looking at it and like squinting and like sort of scratching his head. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that, that all sounds good. Um, I think. So I imagine like there's like someone behind the counter and Theodore's just like, hello, how's the, uh, how's the slimes today? <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't have like a shopkeeper in mind, but I'm picturing like a um I'm picturing like a robot that like is that's like sort of built into the counter almost. Like it's just like a torso, you know? Well, a torso and arms. He's just like on like a little stool that it's pivoting around on. And um I think like it sort of like does like a like a like a 180 spin to like um, a rack behind it and it like picks up one like turns around and like says like this has been uh 
aged to a point where it should have flavor that many consider similar to flesh. Oh. Hmm. Huh. Wait, what what kind of flesh? Some animal organic. Hmm. That's that does not narrow it down for me at all. Um, <laughs> it wouldn't happen to be labeled or anything helpful like that, would it? Uh <laughs> Um, it's like it's like stopping and thinking you could tell like sort of the the problem here is that like it's a robot obviously it, it hasn't tried it either like, <laughs> um, it just knows that like some humans like prefer like meat but it's not too it, it's <laughs> it's not a specific it's not animal. It's just like I'm imagine- exactly. It's not. It's, it's not familiar with the genres of meat. <laughs> it's just, it just um, it's like, like meat. I'm picturing a yeah, it's like, like plain white container that's just labeled flesh, like in like one large <laughs> like sans serif word. I'm like, hmm. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I feel like, like if I bring this home, they won't want to eat it because it's from me. <laughs> Um, it likes, um, well, we do need protein though. Let's do it. Yeah. (laughs) Excellent choice. And it like bags it for you. I, uh, oh yeah. It like, it, (laughs) it like, it scans it by like waving it just in front of its chest and there's a beep. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Like it's, (laughs) it's the cashier in the cash register and also cash is little rocks. (laughs) <laughs> Which like is also collecting in just a little bag. Great. So yeah, it's like, here, Theo looks down in his bag. He's got a like the the flesh jar and made just like some carbohydrates that he got somewhere. It's like all right. Well, uh, let me know if you find any sugar packets anywhere. <laughs> Will do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think thanks to the hydroponics, you might you might be like lucky enough to have some like a. Like a at the very best, like a like a small baggie of like sort of miscellaneous greens or something, you know? Yeah. Um, like Theo yeah. would like literally murder a human for like actual coffee, but that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, um, if you can find it anywhere in Amarant, it's probably not going to be on Survey Station Delta. No. Um. So yeah, with that uh, that collected, you uh, can turn and make your way home. And um, before we get to see you uh, meet up with Quinn, um, who is the third of this little uh, trio, these little these roomies, I guess, would be one way to put it. Right. So um, my so so uh, my character is uh, I guess I'll just describe them physically first. Uh, they they stand about six foot, uh, maybe a little over. Um, they have uh, they have a, a, a power a power armor suit that Ooh. they wear because I I've changed my origin uh, oh. from oh. from company to company so I'm actually a Xenovore origin now. Oh, cool. Ooh. Um, and uh, <laughs> we're at the, at the, except for where the the head would be. Okay, is a pearlescent blue orb. <laughs> oh, Mysterio? Yes. So, yes. 
So oh, they, we got an object. I'm gonna head. post in the in our chat here. Yeah. Um, oh fuck! Their name is Contact Zero One. That is awesome. Hell That's yes. so good. And, oh fuck! And uh, they they usually uh, they they can go by Con or Zero uh, if you want to shorten it, but. Uh, but uh, um, Contact Zero One is uh, is an Arcanist, and uh, I think they're. You said they're working on the. Uh, 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 they're supposed to be working on something, the the shield or something like that. Yeah. So um, so when they, I was trying to figure a purple out robe that's, uh, that flows, uh, excellent, all the, way to, all the way to the ground. Of course. Yeah, Fantastic. definitely the sort of person who you would say, "Hey, can you help us with our magic shield?" Yes. So yeah. Um, so yeah, it is. Um, the nature of the shield is such that, like, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm no, I'm no space wizard, um, but I figure, like, there is, like, there is a mechanical component in that you have these generators that are, like, somehow siphoning energy into, I feel like the device is mechanical, but the principles are magical, you know, if that makes sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and so there's, like, I think the issue is there's something that has been like sort of unaligned with the magical frequency, not as necessarily as like a big, Oh, something's gone wrong, but there's just kind of an inherent drift, you know, maybe Uh, it's not something that would be a problem if you were like on an actual, like proper celestial body, but because you're on a protoplanetoid, it like doesn't really know how to align itself or something. Um, So you've got to do something to like get that, uh, back in line and then there's also someone who's working on the mechanical component and uh this is uh it, it's good that we get to see like the two weirdest people on 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 the station um uh at the same time because uh the other guy there who is currently um sort of like like on the little like mechanics like wheeled pallet thing and rummaging around in the guts of the generator is a uh even taller than you, um, uh, and what, what, what I guess I can really only describe as describe as an alien wolf man. Um, oh, great! He's got like he's got like work overalls, but he is this. Uh, he, he's you, the starting point is just sort of like a classic, like your your standard like post your your standard post Van Helsing werewolf, which is to say, <laughs> you know. Like a just you know a big buff like wolf guy with like a wolf face, mm-hmm. but like the the shape of the wolf face isn't like necessarily in line with like it like if you were sp- if you were comparing it to like a creature from Earth you would say yeah that's you know that's that's wolf you know that's canine but it's you know it's not quite and he's also gotcha. got these like he's also got like these various like bone plates on various parts of his body like built in natural armor oh wow and, uh, this is um. Uh, this is, uh, Haza. He is a Bustak, which is a sort of alien that, uh, humanity is, as a whole, kind of at war with right now. But because you are in the fringes, uh, people don't, like, really care quite as much. Mm-hmm. Sure. And also, this is, uh, also, he clearly does not want to be a part of, like, the sort of part of Bustak culture that most humans encounter, which is, like, just, like, roving around and, like, getting into, like, incredibly violent wars seemingly for fun um instead he's, he's just fix a generator right exactly <laughs> that's yeah. all we need he's just yeah exactly he's just sort of so he's just sort of fiddling with some things right now he's like all right uh, how's that look <laughs> um 
So uh, I think uh, uh, Contact Zero One is uh, is hovering, uh, probably a couple <laughs> feet off the ground. Um, so they're they're like the the feet of their their uh, their power armor are like pointing downwards, like they're dangling, um, like gotcha. it's not you know not being supported by anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they 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 sort of tap the air, and there's like little arcane like bolts of lightning that kind of like uh, come out of their fingertips. Nice. Um, and and they say uh, the frequency is. Starting to align with proper uh, calibration specifications. Uh, try try another capacitor. All right, and he just like grabs something out of a bag and like <laughs> like like, and I think like as he is doing this, he is like he he's like sort of like happily like chatting away, like not even looking at this incredibly complicated thing that he's doing. Um, and uh till like all right and how about now zap 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 <laughs> uh um it it looks a okay and they give a thumbs up <laughs> <laughs> all right he like wheels himself out closes whatever like hatch he was like you know up to his you know up to his waist in and uh Stands up and just kind of like stretches as like uh, nothing like a little as a little busy work to pass the time, huh? And you know, pay ain't bad either. I do not perceive time, but I understand the concept. <laughs> zap, 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 zap. <laughs> um, he just sort of like laughs and says, "Ah, oh, you're all right. You and me, you know." Folks like us, we gotta stick together. I don't know if I constitute a folk, but yes. (laughs) You are a great ally to me in this endeavor. (laughs) He just, you know, he just laughs it off again. He's like, well, I'm gonna go and see how the slime's doing over at the cantina. (laughs) (laughs) Fairly well. All right, um... So, uh, yeah, so I suppose with that done, you will head back to your ship. Um, you all have been living out of your ship that I just realized we never bothered to, like, come up with a name with. Is that something we want to do, or, like, is it fine if it's just their ship? Um, I'm kind of fine with it just being the ship, but if you if you guys have a, have a good idea, uh, by all means, uh. throw it out. I do not yet, no. No, I don't have a good ship name. Uh, and okay, I, that's yeah. fine. Unless y'all want to call it the casket. Depends on who owns it. <laughs> Theo calls it the casket. Nobody yeah. else does. That's where I sleep. <laughs> what am I supposed to call it? Yeah. So, um, the thing that I've put in Roll20 um, and is my general like point of reference here is, uh, the, uh, is the... Diver class scout ship from Two Minute Tabletop. Um, I don't have like the actual name of the artist right on hand at the website, but that's probably something you can see if you go look it up. And that's also something you can buy for a. Uh, uh, it's name your own price. You can get it for free or a dollar, whatever you think is appropriate. It's a fun little thing if you if you need this sort of thing. Um, if you need like an internal and external map of a spaceship, um, and it's sort of like. Um, 
it's vaguely i want to say like pill shaped you know Mm -hmm. um it's kind of like long and rounded at one end it's called the i believe that the initial picture is like called the diver because the very front looks like the like like the face of a diving bell oh that makes Um, sense yeah and then sort of like towards the back you've got all these sort of like actual flight apparatuses and the two big engines are sticking out and sort of a two wings that not so much wings as just kind of like a I'm not quite I'm not entirely sure how to describe it. It's sort of like a sort of like a convex shape that the pill has been slotted into, if that makes sense. It's yeah. almost it's almost like the shape of an eye, but like it doesn't look like that from above. Mm-hmm. But it's like a plane that bulges in the middle because of, you know, the ship. And, um, you know, it's something that you can fly around, but it's also been uh, as sort of part of the whole trailer park vibe of this place. Um, it's where you've been living out of. So um, I guess uh, what's it like as y'all sort of like ret- uh, return home after a, a good day's work? A day here lasts about eight hours. Um, and... Uh, I guess, like, I don't know, uh, what do you do? Are you, like, mingling? Um, and if you want to describe any ways that you have personalized this ship, uh, you are fully invited to do so. Uh, um, sure. <laughs> so, yeah, go ahead. So, uh, I think uh, Contact is probably the closest one to the the ship, so they, they, get, uh, they get back first. Um... And they are, they they step inside, uh, sort of lower their hood, um, and then uh, turn sort of very uh, robotically towards a little alcove that's sort of uh, person shaped, mm. and step backwards, and the the power armor suit that they were wearing uh, comes off by uh, just sort of undocking from the orb and then the orb floats oh my God. away and, and <laughs> oh. from the suit it's so, just the orb so the That's so excellent. yes contact zero one's real body is a is this pearlescent orb mm-hmm. um, uh. that that exists and so they are they just sort of like freely floats around the the ship uh you know picking stuff up and <laughs> it, uh, with telekinesis. And, yeah, I was gonna and, uh, ask. Is it, it? So it's totally like just picking things, tidying up with telekinesis. Yeah, I love it. That's really good. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think Quinn gets home like after that, and um, is like ex- is like familiar with Theo and and Zero. So um, I think they just like pat contact on the head. Or on the on the top of the orb, like as they walk in, and is just you, and just like draw like a turn. I think that it, as you walk in, there's like a little, like a change jar, right? Oh. That, that Quinn just like dumps the bag full of rocks into. It's like the it's like the communal like piggy bank, but it's just a yeah. big jar. Uh, awesome. Quinn just like dumps all of that in there and pats contact on the head like uh, I guess it's evening here sure uh what's there to eat uh you don't eat but you know guess who's back (laughs) with flesh (laughs) (laughs) I didn't obtain it myself it's from the uh the depot so don't worry about that front 
So I have to assume you've got like some weird little like kitchen module somewhere in the ship mm-hmm. with like a, I, I don't know what would be in there. <laughs> Maybe an air fryer. <laughs> <laughs> so is like is uh, is Theo like cooking or something? Oh God, what do we do with this stuff? Um... <laughs> yeah, uh... and, and, and if not, like you know. Uh, like well, he he can be doing anything else. That's just the only thing. That... I think I think Quinn's the one cooking it. Um, yeah. I okay, think that's gotcha. a thing they actually can do and have done before. Uh, they just kind of like take the what the can of flesh. It's it's like a jar, like a yeah. jar of flesh. It's the same jar that the uh, that the change jar is. It's just been repurposed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the change jar is just like something they're just repurposing because you don't want to throw anything out out here. Uh, mm-hmm. And Quinn just like looks over, is like, "Mmm, flesh, my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I love it out here." Uh, <laughs> and hey, like, we've also got uh, greens from hydroponics. Yeah. Ooh, how nice. No um, sugar packets yet. I suppose it's too much to ask for yeah. a can of coffee. Oh, <laughs> oh no, no. Great. Fantastic. Well, at least I only have to cook for two, unless you want to try to oh. eat something, contact. Oh, no, I'm going to go stand up in the in the closet in the dark for a while. Cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, great. I do not require sustenance, but I will uh, provide company. <laughs> well, better than eating alone. Uh, <laughs> at least it's cheap to, to feed ourselves around here. Feed myself around here. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. You see uh, also underneath the surface of contacts, like very, like, like very uh, shiny uh, exterior, there's sort of like a, there's like a weird little like thunderstorm brewing. <laughs> like, oh, like, oh, fun. There's like, there's like swirling clouds sometimes, but you can only barely see it. Excellent. Um, what is, as, as you're preparing this, what's, What's better slash worse if, like, the whole, like, if, like, the thing of flesh just kind of slides out in, like, a big thing that you have to then, like, dice oh. into patties or something? Like spam. Or if it's like spam. Yeah. Yeah, if, if it's spam or if it's, like, a weird sort of, like, meat-adjacent, like, pancake batter that you have to, like, oh. fry up oh, into something more the solid. Slime. The chicken nugget pink slime. Yeah, yeah it's, oh, right. it's meat paste. Yeah, it's totally meat paste. Yeah, so you're just kind of like dolloping it out. and oh, like, you have like an ice cream tra- scoop? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh, so j- bad. Just gotta, I mean, if you can get it to like a nice brown, you know, sure. it's just, it's, it's not terrible. It's not terrible. I mean, it probably tastes, it probably smells good when it's it, frying up. It smells like bacon. It, I like, I think the end, pr- I I imagine the end product is like it's like a it's like a falafel, you know. Yeah. It's like it's like oh, a little sure. crumbly, um, but like also like slightly pink in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, delicious! Hey, you know what? It's better than some of the other crap that Quinn has eaten in their life. So, uh, yeah, exactly. This works. And there's yeah. and listen, it's fancy. There's a garnish of microgreens on the side. Yeah. Like yeah. this is this is gourmet. <laughs> yeah, okay. So yeah, I'm picturing, yeah, you're chilling. Um, you've probably got like 
I noticed that like on the layout, there's sort of like sort of a central, almost sort of like briefing room where there's like some booths around a big table. I'm picturing you like sitting in there, like probably kicking your feet up on the table, mm-hmm. you know, um, just eating. Contact is nearby and uh, somewhere like upstairs or something. Uh, we've got uh, we got Theo is just sort of like in like this little dark closet that he's got. <laughs> um <laughs> We probably like there's probably like a single like shot or something of of like just like the like n- e- either like vaguely illuminated by something like through a crack or just like just like for some reason or other just like you know a black and white like night vision shot or whatever of him just like you know in his little room. Um, yeah, and, night vision um, shot's great. I love that. It's so I spooky. I don't know. I was just trying no, to think really about good. how. It <laughs> Um, you see his eyes glowing like a cat. <laughs> but he's obviously <laughs> yeah. um, And I think that, like, while y'all are just kind of sort of being, like, domestic like this during the, uh, during, like, the, the, the eight-hour sundown period of this, of this <laughs> rock, it literally, it's just, it's like eight hours of light, eight hours of night. It, this thing is spinning way too fast. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> sure. Um, and it's also, it's pretty small, too, so it's not like it has far to spin. Um, I'm, I may even be being generous with the eight hours, but it's not like I was going to look up the astrophysics of all this. Um, there is a, uh, there's just kind of like a boom, boom, boom knock from uh, your door. Oh, Are you well, expecting company? No, nobody here talks to me. Remember? Um, mm, curious. Yeah, Quinn uh, gets up and like still still has like one of the meat patties in their mouth, like as they're walking <laughs> to the door, and just <laughs> like really casually picks up um, like a crowbar laying nearby. <laughs> And just kind of like slings it over their shoulder just in case. Just kind of like has it propped on their shoulder just in case. And is like, all uh-huh. right, let's see who it is. Opens and all just right. kind of opens the door. Yeah. Um, I imagine because it's a spaceship, I imagine that there's probably like a very like narrow little airlock or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like just enough room to stand in, you know. Um, so like both, both doors just kind of slide open because it knows that it's in an atmosphere. And, um, so it's, um, probably a little too on the nose, but whenever I try to picture this person, I keep on winding up back at, um, I may be mispronouncing this name, uh, because it's Irish, but, uh, Denise Go or Goh, it's G-O-U-G, um, who, uh, plays the character uh Dedra in uh in Andor which which again uh, I, I think that only two of us here have watched <laughs> but, so uh, let me just let me just get a picture of her and uh honestly her as she appears like in character is probably the uh, most oh. appropriate one for how she looks yeah. here Yeah I know who you're t- I know which lady um, you are talking about though it's the it's yep. the yeah uh, yeah okay. this <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Blonde woman with a, uh, I don't know, like, I'd say strong cheekbones or whatever, and like a very just like stern look. She's not dressed in all white like she uh, was in this show, but she's 
the outfit that she has is still like um I think that like all of you are probably like you you all know uh like what a military uniform looks like um she's wearing what could be described as a paramilitary uniform there's kind of a there's a you know what I'll just I'll just say it a, a um she's she's got yunta chic is what's going mm-hmm. on here <laughs> um okay uh she, so what she, what she's got is like like a relatively like normal sort of like spacer's outfit which is sort of like you know a hardy jacket and like you know like some like you know some thick pants and like boots and stuff but it has all been like dyed to be mostly the same color which is a sort of like dark emerald green and uh she also has like a little cap on uh mm-hmm. but to, that obviously matches all of that and um behind her there are like uh there is like uh like 10 more people dressed the same way as her and uh they are all carrying guns <laughs> Um, and she, uh, sort of, and she just, she just kind of, uh, smiles at you and, uh, she says, hello, are you Quinn? Short pause. Quinn kind of looks between her and these other guys and then like kind of adjusts the crowbar that's been hoisted over the shoulder. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> <laughs> she just, um, <laughs> she just like, she just kind of smiles and chuckles and is like, "Well, I understand that the information I have may be a little bit out of date, but uh, you know what? Before I make you introduce yourself, uh, let me introduce myself." Um, my name is uh, Commander Fox, and I represent the armed forces of the Immortal Caesar. Actually, yeah, just I'll I'll just cut it off there. So, like, how, how do you react to that? I don't really care who you represent. Uh, I'm eating dinner, so <laughs> <laughs> um, you go. She she does like you know another little laugh and uh, says well I think you would care if uh, this little rock wasn't so uh, cut off from radio signals from the rest of the system because uh, the immortal Caesar is actually now um, your system governor the is uh, obviously not from you know from the imperial core she does makes like a dismissive little gesture uh but uh, he was already uh i I don't know if you may have uh, heard of him or not during your travels but he is one of the most uh successful warlords in the fringe and he has chosen this lovely little place to uh set up the beginnings of a proper little star empire and in order to do that he already has a rather significant fighting force, which she's sort of like, you know, I, I can't, she just, she sort of like puts her arm out at like sort of, you know, at, at sort of like, you know, mid height. 
to sort of like gesture at the guys behind her in a sort of like a little humble rag sort of gesture. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what would make his job even easier in turning this into this little, this anarchic little place into uh, something real uh, would be a striker or even three. Mm. Is that so? Yes, and uh, would you or she sort of like cranes her head to sort of look behind you any of the other people who uh, live in this this little ship as I've heard from the locals here uh, you wouldn't happen to know anything about say three transhuman super soldiers who have uh, managed to uh, escape their corporate handlers now would you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's like, you know, Quinn kind of stops and looks back, and I assume contact is like floating behind them at this point, <laughs> right? Kind of hanging out. Contact is, uh, it knows the deal when, when people show up and has put a lampshade over their orb. Um. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, so Quinn looks back and then looks at her and then looks over her shoulder at the guys she brought with her. So is it just, like, you and them? Just, like, you and these ten guys? <laughs> she, like, um... She, uh... She... So she, like... She she, she automatically, like, smells, you know? Mm-hmm. What is starting to brew here. And she, like... Gets, like, this, like... Really nasty little, like smirk right in the corner like if like if she was a cartoon character there'd literally be like kind of a jagged edge to it you mm-hmm. know <laughs> um and uh she says oh i i know what you're thinking mm-hmm. obviously if you're the person you say you aren't then you could easily uh take on uh, just a handful of us but I think it would also be could also be said to be true that a handful of us could uh, very easily take on um, all of the pathetic little dirt farmers uh, currently here. And she uh, like snaps her fingers, and the uh, people behind her sort of like turn to attention and sort of like. Uh, start like fanning out into the um like into the settlement and you can hear like you know shouts and stuff uh from behind you people are uh there's like they're they're starting to like give a much more blunt version of her spiel uh to like everyone else like saying like like you know this this planetoid is now under the control of the immortal caesar and all that Mm -hmm. um and uh and with that like fox looks back at you and is like and it listen it seems like you have a nice little thing going on here if you want here to keep going on then i would recommend you 
and your friends come with me so we can speak to your new boss. <laughs> mm. Oh, it is. <laughs> Somebody is being very loud and authoritarian out there. I don't appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that was that in character? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> like Theo was, coming was, down from his nap. Just yeah, that. Theo heard the word "your boss" and like his eyes immediately like sprung open. <laughs> was like, no, yeah. I don't have one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a second, I'm retired. It's <laughs> uh, a four-letter word around here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody, somebody is severely mistaken. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just thinking of like the exact. No, I understand. This is important. Yeah, this is important. Because this could be a crowbar to the grill situation, but it could also be a give-in situation. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm going to say here. I set this. Uh, you know what? I, I'll I'll be upfront to you. I set this up. So, my first idea was like to make this the tutorial fight. Mm-hmm. But now I'm thinking, given the amount of time we've done now, and I don't want to like spend spend more than one episode like in the pre-actual mission stage this could be a um this could be more of a cutscene to show off what characters can do situation (laughs) um if you i I, i'm basically saying like um if like if if you decide to like go hard on this i'm i i'm showing you my hand partially because this is not part of like the game proper but um, like, like if if you're going to go, this is not me trying to. I, this is not me trying to present a situation that you can't win or can't cleanly win. Okay. Basically. Okay. In that case, yeah, uh, Quinn brains her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. She, in fact, there's like a like a pause where she kind of like looks back and hears Theo like saying like I hear someone being loudly authoritarian out there, and Quinn just kind of like clicks clicks their teeth and then looks uh looks at commander fox and says not for long and then just absolutely brains the shit out of her <laughs> oh yeah okay um <laughs> with, uh, with the crowbar situation. or like <laughs> yeah like with the crowbar or oh yeah okay um so here we're trying to <laughs> we're going to decide here and now like what sort of like the the graphics level is set to in this game <laughs> um, because like e- like even if this was not like a like a cutscene situation if we are using like if we were translating at all the mechanics of like how combat works in this game um like she's like she, she's a goner <laughs> um oh yeah like I, I, I'm um, I don't know because I I'm not I haven't settled one hundred percent on what form of media this is. I guess you know, right? Um, I I I think that like what happens is that like is that like you swing and like her like little cap goes flying and when the body falls, her head is out of frame. That's correct. Yeah. Um, nice and um. And when that happens, uh, things immediately start to pop off with the uh, soldiers all either, like, op- opening fire on you or trying to, like, 
like grab like hostages from the people nearby and uh how does everyone like sort of how does everyone jump into action and i think there may be some like actual roles involved here which is not normally which is how you know that this is not the formal combat system mm-hmm. um but yeah uh, like yeah like all your characters this is an opportunity okay it's it's time it's time to go how do you go um so i'm running out my crowbar and uh fox was armed right uh yeah i think that fox had like a um honestly just going off of like my base inspiration of being like a default like squad leader model in a 40k unit um i think she had like an especially large pistol and some kind of like and like a like a saber or something okay um yeah i'm gonna stick with my crowbar but i am gonna take her pistol um okay and then just kind of start uh, just like shout over uh quinn just shouts over their shoulder like hey i gotta go do some cleanup <laughs> and are so you're just like waiting in oh yeah okay cool uh one second while i check some check something um okay um so so how roles work here is that you've got a um a set uh, you've got a number of attributes um based on uh, your role, and in your case, your role is the skirmisher, correct? Mm-hmm. So, uh, what are your attributes there? Uh, power two, speed four, control one, health five, and grit five. Okay, uh, those three are just the only the ones that okay. get used to roll. Um, so, um, how would you say you're doing this? Is this more a matter of like speed or power? Because that sounds like yeah, yeah, this is like a matter of speed. This is like. Um, Quinn is just going to, like, kind of waltz off the ship, shoulder the, you know, to get the, kind of adjust the crowbar, and then just, uh, head for the first per like, the nearest of Fox's little guys. Yeah, I'm picturing you, like, because, like, if this is working all the way that it would in actual combat situation, like... Like, you are engaging this squad as if it was a single enemy. So I'm kind of imagining you, like, almost dashing from guy to guy, you know? So, yeah. What I want you to do, then, is um, roll um, a number of d6s equal to your speed. Oh, okay. So let's see. That is roll... 4d6. And I'm doing this in gameplay, not in roll 20. Is that cool? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. A five four four one? I don't know. Okay, yeah. So, um let's see. Yeah, you take the highest result and oh uh five is the bare minimum for success with no consequences. So yeah, you um if you're like if your like stated goal here was to like, you know, kill a bunch of guys, you do that. Like cool. the specific fight scene that I have in mind right now is um I don't even remember the specific like movie or whatever. I'm thinking about um, even though it's a wildly different sort of like style. I'm thinking about Goemon from Lupin the Third and how he would just like go through a, just like a bunch of guys, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, sure, sure. Um, yeah. So I think that like what you have accomplished there is like anyone who is like standing their ground and shooting at you is like is like now dead. 
Um, but you still got guys who are uh, trying to cause trouble for everyone else. So um, how are the other two going to jump into action? I've got an idea for Theo. Okay. So um, since he was in his uh, in his little closet to begin with, I figure he's got his uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. So the uh, among the weapon, the sharpshooter's weapons uh, are a scrying mirror and an array of hexes. So okay. I figure uh, in order to uh, quiet down all the noise outside, uh, Theo's going to like uh, like sort of walk like out of the closet. Like he's he's holding a uh, silver hand mirror, like oh, just nice. like. A, but uh, when he's looking at it, it's not reflecting him. He's seeing uh, Quinn outside, just like bisecting people. Oh. <laughs> cool. So All right, and um, so with the scrying mirror comes an array of hexes. So uh, so Theo will actually uh, go to the door that Quinn went through, and uh, looking through the mirror at the guys outside, start like casting i don't know like the evil eye on people oh yeah he like takes his he takes his sun his big round uh sunglasses off and um i figure uh like the people oh i yeah it would be good for someone got by the evil eye i guess like their blood starts boiling oh fuck yeah Yeah. like just out of their body (laughs) that'd be messed up and that's that sounds and so it sounds like what you're doing there is like you're dealing with the ones who are trying to like take human shields and like you don't have to worry about like shooting someone. This is like indirect fire, right? Yeah, he, so. he looks outside. He's like, oh, this is a this is not a bullet situation. This is a like yeah. So I think it's, it'll be a control roll. That's my best stat. Control sounds very appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, Quinn. Uh, Quinn is being an excellent tank out there. So let's try to take out some of these uh, support guys. Uh, 46. So my biggest was a 4. Okay, that means success with a consequence. So let's see, what is various... There's a very nice little list of potential consequences. Um, yeah, let me see here. I think... I, I think that like the the easiest thing to happen here, which all will also then leave uh, leave contact something to do, is that um, you don't get all of what you wanted, yeah. which is you start like looking at guys and like I don't know if you like snap your fingers or do something else, but like I figure it's the, like a, there's like a moment of like supernatural eye contact and then it's like his just like his his eyes like uh, Theo's eyes widen and like the veins leading to his eyes like just like pulse and there's like a little yeah. like heartbeat yeah. sound effect and like the guy starts killing over like death note <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah like yeah like like just you know a big messy like blood vomit thing <laughs> and like well it's over like obviously the person that he was like holding a gun to is now like pretty freaked out by that yeah. um but they no longer have a gun being held to them however i think that like um <sighs> I think that like past the first couple um, that uh, get hit, the other ones are able. Some others are able to avoid it some way. I think that like um, uh, they got reflective like um, <sighs> if they got like a you know like a like motorcycle helmet where it comes down over your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking either that or they start like 
deploying like rosaries or something. Oh shoot! Um, if they got like magic countermeasures, that's actually cool. But yeah, I I think yeah I think they may, they've got like a single guy like in the squad who like like reaches under like into his jacket and like pulls out like a little holy symbol. I don't think it's necessarily one that we would recognize. Um, and he like co- and he like does like a little like basically like a little counter charm thing yeah. and um a few hisses like, he's like ah oh, great yeah <laughs> um and so there's still like uh let, let's say like at least three pe- three guys left who are now starting to get entrenched i think that like um uh i, I think that like w- one of them uh, is like specifically um uh, uh I think that, like, Haza is one of the guys who's getting wrapped up in this, and despite, like, being a solid foot or something over the guy who's holding him up, he's just kind of, like, raising his arms and, like, looking, uh, like, uh, honestly kind of, oh, no, not scared, he doesn't, (laughs) his species did not experience fear, um, he's looking pretty perturbed by the whole situation, um, (laughs) and, uh, so, uh, exactly, uh, so how's contact, uh, going to respond to that right um so uh contact has uh does have a a super suit um which has a uh um sort of a uh has a magical weapon associated with it as an arcanist Um, okay and uh i i I, I figured since we have a sharpshooter, I was gonna go for magic chosen for its battlefield applications, which is which would be close, near, and far, and arcane mm-hmm. and indirect. Yeah. But that only does one one harm, and I feel like that's kind of lame. So <laughs> instead, um, they have a hand to hand weapon that seethes with astral power. Ooh. Oh shit! Um, so they essentially have like a like this suit ha- is built to. To uh, work with contacts, um, unique uh, uh, structure, let's say, um, for uh, and so um, you you can kind of see the storm that was lightly churning earlier is now actively like crackling with with lightning inside of the orb, um, oh. and, and it's sort of and there's they they kind of uh, they like whip out uh, their hand and a little um, like monofilament. Like wire, like goes like tick 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 tick, and like like uh, like extends about you know sword length away and is bathed in electricity. Oh um, fuck yes! And and uh, so that's what they're using, and they're also going to use uh, one of their actual powers um, mm-hmm. in, in this thing called Empty Step, which is where you oh. exchange position with a marked enemy, and their mark is consumed. So Ooh. okay. So I so witch's eye. There's a whole thing. Arcanists do a lot yeah. of stuff. There's a lot of moving yeah. parts for Arcanists. But essentially, I uh, so so contact is has a uh, is teleporting to uh, the nearest guy that is not the guy holding up. Uh, uh, what what uh, what was my my friendly dog Haza. friend's name again? Haza. Um, teleporting to the nearest guy holding up Haza and is then going to kill the man who is holding up Haza with a okay, lightning yeah. sword. So I don't That's know what a... role that would be. Is that probably um, control? I would say control or speed would both be applicable. Let's do control because my speed is only one. Um, 
Let's see. 3d6. Hey, five, four, and you one. got a five. So yeah. yeah, you you just do that. You like there are like two guys. Like yeah, I think the situation was like it's like you know one guy isn't quite brave enough to like you know stick up the wolf man. Um, so there are two of them, and then one of them is just suddenly you, and you just like slice through the other one. Yeah, which means that there's now a guy on our ship, but that's fine. Yeah, uh, that's not a problem. <laughs> Yeah, teleportation I, <laughs> probably hasn't left him in a good way. Yeah, I'm I'm willing to say like because you specifically did this in a way to like not cause problems. Um, I, I I imagine that you could have. Um, oh, here's an idea. What if you like? What if you like jumped up and then teleported oh. Oh, so yeah. that he is I like in the like, air? I floated like thirty feet in the air first, and then yeah. and then yeah. and then switch <laughs> yeah. you know, switch spots with him. So he just yeah. plummets. Yeah, like you know, we're in we're in you know we're in narrative space. We can get a little funky with it. It's cut. Yeah, scenes. that's that's cool. So yeah, um, in a matter of seconds, um, the squad has been uh, wiped out, and uh, the and uh, the station uh, has been saved. But also um, now everyone definitely knows. That uh, whatever theories they had about these three uh, outsiders who uh, rolled into the station a while ago, um, that these are definitely uh, three Omega Strikers, uh, which, as uh, as the late Fox put it, are uh, transhuman super soldiers created by the uh, corporations of the Imperium to uh, fight their you know endless alien wars, but. Uh, Apparently, three who have since uh, they they didn't want to do that. They would rather not do that. They would rather be on this little nowhere dirt ball than do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like a fight has found them nonetheless. And so, you know what? Real quick, real quick, we sort of hinted at a lot of it. Let's just go over your origins and roles, huh? Yeah. Sure. So, starting with Quinn, uh, what's the corporation that made you? Dynamique. Yeah, and they're all about. They're all about robotics, right? Right, like so. total robotics. I think all of Quinn's like, like there's no kind of weird magic stuff going on with Quinn. I think it's like total cybernetics, like to a pretty ridiculous degree. Like I think they look right fairly normal, except for the arms mm-hmm. and like the kind of weird jaw. But I think like probably eighty five percent of them underneath is like robot at this point. Gotcha. Yeah. You you look normal, but you mm-hmm. are pretty close to the the Raiden levels of yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. So you're just mostly a robot and, now. There's not a lot of yeah. Nice. And as yeah, and as demonstrated, your role is the skirmisher, which mm-hmm. is the close combat person. I don't think you've got one of your like signature weapons on hand, but uh, yeah. In in we we've seen what you're good at. We don't necessarily need to review what skirmishers are good at. Yeah. <laughs> um. And uh, how about Theo? Who, like, what caused all this? So Theo is a product of a corporation called HGM. Uh, Their motto is, a better future begins in the past. Um, 
They used to be a division of Ad Astral. Uh, they were specifically responsible for forbidden sorcery. So eventually, um, they caused enough problems that Ad Astral decided to cut them loose as a scapegoat. That was a couple thousand years ago, but HGM is still sort of sore about it. But uh, <laughs> the strikers they make are uh, made by putting powerful enchantments on people. Um, this transforms them to something that looks human, but according to all measures, arcane and scientific, is not. Uh, it yeah. gives them supernatural capabilities and sorcerer's powers, and it also gives them a constant hunger for human flesh, which is kept <laughs> in check by magical safeguards and iron willpower. Uh, his magical safeguard is worn around his neck. Oh, cool. Nice. If anyone asks him about it, he says his uh, head will fall off if he takes it off. <laughs> Excellent. And his role, as demonstrated, is as a sharpshooter. Uh, he likes doing yeah. things from long range and uh, controlling the battlefield through uh, sort of traps and indirect fire. Yeah. And then control, huh? Oh, uh, contact? Oh, yeah, sorry, contact. It's cool. cool. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, so contact is, uh, contact's origin is the Xenovore Biotech Corporation. Um, making the enemy useful is their, is their tagline. <laughs> um, and uh, the way I figure, uh, Contact used to be just a normal human, and uh, there was a, they were experimenting with uh, some, some uh, Darien Arcanotech uh, that's essentially a Stargate. Yeah. Um, that they probably should not have, but they do have. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. And uh, 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 Contact's original body went through... And out the other side came this orb. (laughs) And it sort of remembers being the original person, but not really. Gotcha. It remembers that there are things called feelings and things like that. Uh, And so uh, Xenovore uh, uses all sorts of alien technology. um, And so they created this this sort of uh, super suit to interface with the inherent arcane properties of this orb, which are many. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, so yes, uh, 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 Contact Zero One is, is, has decided that that is what they would like to be designated as, uh, seeing as they, have, they, they feel that they've made contact with a, perhaps another universe or oh, some other yeah. dimension. And that they are the, the, the byproduct of that. Okay, cool. Um, and uh, so they are, as I said before, they're an arcanist. Uh, so so I, I picked that because we already had a fighter, we already had a ranger slash rogue, so I figured we should get a wizard too. That's correct. Yeah. All right. And, and we've already gotten a pretty good look at what the arcanist can do. Um, okay, yeah. So, um, so as the... Dust settles. Um, ooh. Oh, hell yeah. Good picture. Oh, good picture of Quinn. We got some good portraits here. Nice. Thank you. Um, so, um, so as the, as the dust sort of settles and you could, you realize, well, your cover is blown and people look at you with a combination of like awe and probably fear, you know, from some people. Some people probably sure. did not know that, you know, like everyone was like, yeah, Quinn seems he's kind of on edge, huh? I didn't, I didn't realize Quinn could like kill six dudes like in a, in a, like a blink of the eye. <laughs> that, that 
that Quinn could have, like, if Quinn had gotten more pissed off about me, like, bickering with my ex-wife in the back of the car, they could have just, like, punched a hole through my chest. <laughs> um, um, and so, uh, and so everyone's sort of, like, looking at you, the ball's in your court. Um, what, uh, what do you do now? Um... Contact uh, goes over to Quinn. Uh, there's still, uh, there's still like, like cal- like burned calcified blood on <laughs> on their suit from the mm-hmm. lightning's like slash thing. Um, they they go. I think perhaps it is time that we, uh, that we move on from uh, from this location. God, I was just getting comfortable. Well. Um, yeah, that's for the best. Just give me a second. Um, and Quinn kind of, like, makes a face. Because, like, they're they're sort of aware, like, why maybe the immortal Caesar is here. And, uh, walks over to Fox's body and hunts for, like, a communicator or something. Um, yeah, you... Like, Theo there's watching. I think he's got, like, his other weapon, which is just a shotgun. Mm-hmm. Like, around yeah. <laughs> Gotcha, yeah. So, yeah, people uh, are... Pro- yeah. yeah. It's like, did they say who they were before we, you know, did all this? Yeah, uh, they are with um, Caesar himself. So, oh, you know. they got a new one. Yeah, they got a new one. Those who don't understand history. How did um, they know we were here? Um, so, uh, on... How did they know we were here? On her body, I think that, like, um, I like the mental... I'm... Here's the thing, I, like, know what I'm... I've, I've like, seen this before, but I can't, like, say off the top of my... Though, she's just got, she's just got, like, a, like a, like a police, you know, like, walkie-talkie thing that's just, like, built into her lapel or something, you Mm -hmm. know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Quinn's gonna take that off and, uh, turn it on and see who answers. You get a, uh, a very sort of crisp woman's voice, uh, responding. Fox, uh, how goes the mission? Yeah, Fox isn't, uh, gonna be answering anytime soon. Uh, Who is this? This is Medea. How may I help you? Hi, Medea. Uh... This is Quinn Abendroth. Um, I just wanted to give you a heads up. I'm gonna find you. And everybody else you work with. And, um... I'm about to make your day a whole lot worse. <laughs> and there's just... There's just sort of a brief pause, and it's... it's a, I will pass this along to the Caesar. Thank you. And she hangs up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah quinn just kind of like pockets the actually no she throws it away uh I, throw okay. it, I, throw it away. I was thinking like maybe hang on to it but you know what i don't actually want that thing to be able to be tracked so you know yeah <laughs> uh yeah no uh ye- an opportunity for more violence it seems i had a feeling as long as we're here in this system they are gonna keep hunting for us because they they don't seem the type to just miss uh 11 assholes 
So, <laughs> you know, I figure we should make it their problem. Yeah, we, uh, we'll take it to them. Uh, keep these people out of it as much as possible. Yeah. We've caused enough problems. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, and so I think that if you know if you guys just like bail and you know aren't especially interested in saying goodbyes to people at least in this moment um i think there's not really anything stopping you from just getting into your spaceship and like you know heading out theavor does spare a kind of thought for the robot behind the the, the slime store yeah Yeah. (laughs) he sure did try his best to tell me what that stuff was Yeah, um, uh, Contact wordlessly uh, teleports a couple of rocks into Haz's pocket mm-hmm. as, they, <laughs> as they leave. All right. Um, yeah, so you get into your... Sh- you pile into your ship, power it up, fly out through the... Uh, uh, the dome, and flying through any amount of... F- flying through the accretion disk is, like, kind of tricky business, but, like, when it's close to a protoplanetoid, it's especially nasty because it's both attracting and shedding mass at a pretty, like, disgusting rate. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just a lot of, like, you know, stuff uh-huh. stuff just sort of hammering the ship um, until you, I think, I like the mental image of you just kind of, like, fly up until finally you were, like, above the disk and... Um, as as you get up there, your radio comms suddenly like light up with uh, both with chatter, both from the as you come to realize this a substantial fleet of the immortal Caesar, and um, from the various uh, local factions who are like, "Hey, what the fuck? We need help. What what do we do about this?" Um, and so you are now in what I would refer to as the mission select screen. Oh boy! Um, oh hell yeah! Exciting. Yeah, uh, we we pan out. There's this. So the book, the book that this is in has like. So okay, I'm playing one of six pre-made uh, campaign outlines um, for this game. Each focuses around a different system and a different sort of enemy to be fighting. Um, most of them are aliens, but we wound up voting to go up against the human faction, um, and. Uh, they all have these very nice maps of the uh, system that they're in, and uh, they these are used to like outline the various uh, places that uh, you can go. So, with that set up, uh, we will see where our little strikers um, go first to take on uh, the immortal Caesar. There, uh, as a little preview. There are four main space stations uh, orbiting um, Amarat, those being Deep Light, Drillbit Station, Kronos, and Paperclip. And also, if they so wish, they can go directly to the main fleet of the Caesar. Um, so uh, we'll find out uh, where they go and where this little spaceship token that I've put on the map is moved. <laughs> Uh, next time on Big Gay Nerds. And until then, stay Big Gay and Nerdy.
Big Gay Nerds is made possible by our Patreon supporters. We would like to give special thanks to Calvin Cox, Connor, Evelyn Nadia Dupont, Frank L., Giraffe Scarves, Hell Bloodhands, Jack Toops, Jarnope, Joel, John the Book Hoarder, Lori Dean, Lucas Bell, MC Verdandi, Nyan Hellcat, Ollie, Patrick Moore, Ryan Asopa, Udon Bullets, Thor Holmquist, and Trash Hime. If you would like to join their ranks and access exclusive content, simply visit us at patreon.com slash biggaynerds and donate at the Lauded Gay Nerds tier. If you'd like to support us for free, spread the word about us on social media. We are at biggaynerdscast on Twitter and just biggaynerds on Tumblr and co-host. And if you'd like to hang out with us and other BGN listeners, join the BGN fan discord server linked in all the aforementioned pages.